Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. On this episode, we will be joined by friend of the podcast, Scott, to talk about Disney+. Plus. As always, we will conclude with the Stuff We Love segment. Let's meet the hosts. I'm Scott. And I'm Scott. And you are listening to the Stuff We Love Podcast. Scott, how are you this evening? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, this is maybe the only podcast out there with two Scots as the hosts. Yeah, Scott Squared. I really like this podcast. I'll just call you Hey Man, Hey Man on the show to avoid confusion. <laughs> there we go. So before we get going tonight, I just want to make an announcement to all of our listeners. The Stuff We Love podcast is now available on Spotify. So if that's the way you listen to your podcasts, please find us on there and subscribe. I checked the statistics on Spotify, and we have a number of subscribers on there. So thank you for that, and we appreciate you listening. Tonight, we are going to be talking about one of the most exciting things to happen to Disney fans in many years. That's Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus. I think if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know what it is. But if you don't, I'll tell you now. Disney+, Plus is a new streaming service, which was released very recently. It came out November 12th this year. And it's, of course, as the name suggests, it's a Disney streaming service. And on there, you find Disney content, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and more. And that's really at the core what it's all about. And I remember on a podcast earlier this year, I said that I was more excited for Disney Plus than Galaxy's Edge. Actually, Scott, it may have been on the show you were on. I can't remember if we talked about that. We may have. I mean, I know I listen to the podcast every time you guys release the episodes. So I know I've heard that statement before, but I think it was when I was on. It was a very controversial statement. <laughs> I, I heard, I heard <laughs> yeah. feedback on it. People, I, think it I think it's the right statement, though, because I agree with you on that, too. Well, my and reason, I've been to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. I, I guess my reasoning when I made that statement was just that for me and for most Disney fans that don't live near the theme parks – Disney Plus is what's going to be in our lives on a daily basis. We may get to Galaxy's Edge a couple times a year and we'll have a great time. But Disney Plus is something we'll be using like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever streaming service we subscribe to. So that's why I made that statement. And I stand by that statement now that it's been released. This is a major uh, game changer. So tonight, uh, Scott and I are going to be talking about the Disney Plus streaming service, sharing with you our initial thoughts on the service. And I wanted to begin, Scott, by asking you tonight, uh, just to give our listeners some background, can you tell me going into the release of Disney Plus, what other streaming services you uh, you had and you use? So I use Netflix, I use Amazon Prime, and I use Hulu. Different content on each one. There's certain things I go to for each streaming service. If I had to pick a favorite, I think Amazon Prime is the one I like the most. I don't okay. know why. That's just the one that seems to have a lot of the content that I like on there. But since the release of Disney Plus, I tell you, that's I'm just locked in on Disney Plus these days. There's unbelievable there's just unlimited hours of entertainment on there yes i agree with that uh, and it's interesting to hear you say you like amazon prime more than netflix that's uh, that's an interesting choice yeah it, it, i just feel like i've had netflix for so long and i've seen so much of that content that i don't know if i'm burned out on it or like how right. many more times can i watch this tv series or whatnot so which makes me think of something else i was reading a really good article today about how the public uses streaming services. And the article basically was saying that even with something like Netflix, where there's so much original content on there, for most listeners, they tend to go back to what they're most familiar with. Like for me, for example, I love watching The Office. And I go back to that over and over again. Yeah. On Netflix, is that what you would do too? Would you return to old favorites? Yep. Uh, the Office is one of them. Oh, great. And uh, 
somehow like this is like a guilty pleasure show of mine but i like friends a lot too mm-hmm. so i'll watch a lot of friends episodes like right. before going ready for bed um when it comes to original content though i really enjoyed the i like stand-up comedy and there's a lot of good stand-up comedy yes. on netflix that i like to watch there so that's two for netflix now as if i want to you know, sit down and just laugh for an hour. You know, that's really good entertainment. Yeah, no, Netflix makes some really great comedy specials. That's definitely an area that they have done well in. Uh, for me, it's actually very similar to you, Scott. I have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu. I dropped Shudder, which was a horror oh, yeah. streaming service. And I, nothing against it, but I just didn't use it all that often. And I had to actually, not nothing I had to, I chose to keep regular cable, even though I use YouTube TV, because the cable company was actually going to charge me more for my plan if I dropped the cable. So it made sense just to keep it. So <laughs> Absolutely. I just one box in the house, one cable box. I really stream the vast majority of the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was checking uh, the internet to see when Disney Plus was first announced. And from what I saw, Bob Iger announced, it may have been in August 2018, but don't quote me on that, or maybe in November, he announced the name of the service. That's when that came out. And all this time, it's kind of like, you'll appreciate this, Scott, as a Beatles fan. I remember when the Beatles anthologies were being released back when we were, I guess, in high school at the time. There was yep. always such anticipation for the next release, and it seemed to take forever. Like a week would go by, and a week felt for, like forever. That's kind of like what the wait for Disney Plus felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And going back to, you were talking about the cable. I still have cable, too. Live sports is my thing, which I think you might be able to do on YouTube TV, which is why I'm guessing why you have that. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to figure out where I can see like my real time sports. Cause that's, what's holding me back from cutting the cord right now. So you and I were talking about the bundle Remember, Like, Oh, like what about the Hulu plus ESPN plus bundle? Right. And you and I were chatting cause I didn't pre-purchase Disney plus cause I wanted to wait to find out how do I do this bundle? Cause I already had Hulu and you said that you don't do Hulu with commercials. I re- right. So that wouldn't apply to you. So I actually waited for launch day and I did the bundle and I was curious how they're going to charge me for right. it. So I have some insight on that now. Please tell I actually us. Got my first, I got my first statement the other day. So it charged me the twelve ninety nine or whatever it is for the bundle, but then gave me a credit back for whatever I paid for Hulu, right. which ends up just being $7. So I'm on two different billing cycles still. Like I pay for Hulu separately. Right. And then I get charged for Disney Plus separately. It's fine. So Scott, you said out. you got the credit back for the Hulu? Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. Scott, my next question for you is when Disney Plus was released, what was your, I I just want to, I love hearing people's stories. So I want to hear what was the first device that you downloaded it on and what was your initial impression when you actually saw it in front of you? I initially downloaded it just on my iPhone because I just wanted to quick see it. I was at work. I was like, I just got to see what it looks like before I get it on my TV or anything at home. And I work with a guy whose last name is Perry, P-E-R-R-I, not your traditional spelling. And I right. know of a squirrel named Perry, uh, this yes. old 1950s thing. So I wanted to see it on my phone really quick and take a screenshot of it and send it to him. <laughs> and that was actually the first thing I watched. I watched like maybe three minutes of it. But um, not your ideal or normal first choice when you have all these great <laughs> options. Uh, <laughs> Scott, but it was like a little joke. I was going to ask you about that. I'm not stalking your Twitter account, but I happened to see your tweet that day that that was the first thing you're watching on there. And I wanted to ask you about that because everybody's watching The Mandalorian or The Imagineering Story, yeah. and you're, you're watching a documentary about a squirrel. I thought that was great. I had lunch with some managers that day, and I ended up like playing it on as a background at work just so that we can tease the guy whose last name is Perry there. <laughs> um, highly not 
highly not recommended, but it was still fun. That's what's great about Disney Plus. There's so much content out there that you never heard of that you can just just tune on, have on in the background, like a lot of those documentaries. Because yeah. that music was great, actually. I really liked it. It was like one of those like old orchestra scores, you know, that was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. But um, the content really wasn't all that great. But when I got home later that evening. That was the first thing I did. Walked in the door, let my dog out, then boom, I went straight to downloading it on all the TVs in the house. And the first thing I did was Imagineering Story. That yeah. was I was just ready to dive right into that. And when you, what's your initial thoughts on the presentation of the app? Do you the way it looks? Are you pleased? Any any complaints with the way it looks? Are you happy? I, I would say I'm pretty happy. It reminded me of like Netflix's layout. To be honest, I felt very Netflix where. It had like scrolling advertisements on the top, kind of like Simpsons, Mandalorian, Avengers, things like that. And then you could scroll down and it'll break it down by category. Uh, it's really, a, it's a great looking app. For me, I woke up, I had trouble sleeping that night because it was on my mind. And yeah. I woke up at around three in the morning. I, I had my iPad by the bed and I immediately downloaded it. I saw it was available and I logged in and I just like, it was almost like I got this burst of energy. Like somebody injected me with something. <laughs> I couldn't go back to sleep. And I was so excited because I thought it looked so awesome. It just looked great. Uh, and I was so excited to know that now this was part of our library of home entertainment, really, for lack of a better phrase. It does. I think your Netflix comparison is a, is a really good one. It does. If you know how to use Netflix, you're going to know how to use Disney+. Plus. It's a very familiar type of thing. One of my favorite things about the app is when you hit the search button the little magnifying glass. I love the screen it takes you to because there you can really dive into categories. They have a great category, Disney through the decades. Yes. And what I like about that as a fan of Disney history and entertainment history, literally it's broken down by decades and you see what animated films and live action films they have. And it goes back to, I think, the 1930s. I found it pretty easy to use. Some people I know have said it's it seems cluttered to them. But for me, I've never thought to myself as I'm using it, well, how would I get to this screen. It's all kind of been intuitive. So I've had no issues with that. Yeah. I love it too. I think there's a lot of different options. You can search by a character, which I really liked. So I love Kurt Russell's Medfield College movies. Uh, yeah. This character's name is Dexter Riley. So that was one of the first things that plugged in there was like, oh, let, let's do a search for Dexter Riley and find those Medfield College movies. Lots of unique options, I feel like, doing the character, doing the actors through the decades. Lots of good um, options. Speaking of Kurt Russell, I guess I'll give now a general spoiler alert because we may be talking about some of the content on stuff that's been released. But on the Imagineering story in episode two, when Kurt Russell makes an appearance was one of the highlights of my my week. It was amazing. That was unbelievable. I I don't know which Twitter handle said this. I just saw someone tweeted it out, but they said I, they could listen to Kurt Russell describing the haunted mansion on loop like, yeah, forever. That's, that's like true. that was such a great sequence. It's it was great. It, it's very entertaining. He's it's it's hard to believe when we think of Kurt Russell now. People tend to think of him in, as an action hero. I think that's what they tend to go to, and to think that he has this amazing Disney connection is it's very. I mean, we know it because we're fans. We've known about it for years, but to actually see him in this Disney stuff is great. He also, Kurt Russell, not that this is Disney, but in the Elvis movie, it happened at the World's Fair, I think is the name of the movie, which is a pretty decent movie. He makes an appearance. Yeah, it's funny. Like, Snake Plissken from Escape from New York is in all these, like, old Disney movies. Yes. It's funny to tie that connection to me because that's where I remember Kurt Russell first was Escape from New York for some reason. (laughs) That's a great movie. I love that movie. (laughs) 
Disney Plus, get it on there. We need it. Somehow buy the rights. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, at, just wait a few more years, Scott. It'll be there. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Scott, my next question was actually how you've searched for content on Disney Plus. And I, from what you're saying, you've searched by character. Have you used any of the other, like, have you gone to the, to the Star Wars link, the Marvel link, and so forth? Uh, I have. I have gone to the Marvel link just to see what popped up there because I know like Thor Ragnarok, for instance, is out on Netflix. So if that would show up on Disney Plus because I've heard some people weren't seeing it. I saw it on mine, though, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a regional thing, right. but I was able to see all those Marvel films out there. The only thing that struck me as weird in terms of releases, there's an original show on Disney Plus called Pixar in Real Life where episode one dealt with a uh, prop from Inside Out that they took, I guess, into... It looked like Bryant Park in New York City or Central Park. That's the only thing that uh, people have commented universally, that there's only one episode available, even though we're now, I guess, three weeks into Disney+. Plus, They've only released one episode. Uh, Like you, I've had no issues with the Marvel searches. Everything else that I've expected to be there has been there. Uh, And I thought maybe something was wrong with my Disney+, Plus because I was only seeing one of the Pixar in real life, but apparently it's... It's on everybody's, which kind of is strange because all the original shows are getting one release per week, except for that so far. Yeah, I thought that odd too because the advertisement has like a Wally is featured. So right on right. last Friday, when when most of the new originals are being searched, that was actually the first thing I looked for was, oh, what's the new Pixar in real life? And it was still just the Inside yeah. Out one, which I did enjoy, but I'm I'm wanting to see a lot more than just that one. Yeah, I agree with you on that, uh, and I. I guess this leads me to my next question, and this was something I, I've been thinking a lot about. I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going to tell you – before you answer, I'm going to tell you something I heard on another podcast actually earlier this evening because it deals with this very topic. So one of the big differences between Disney Plus and the other streaming services is that for the new original shows, Disney Plus is dropping one episode per week. That releases, Those releases are on Fridays. The new releases come out on Friday. And that's compared with Netflix, for example, which, for example, when they released The Crown Season 3, which came out the other day, every episode's available right then and there. So you could binge watch it if you want. So I was listening to a podcast earlier tonight, uh, The Sasquatch Lounge by Bart Scott. I don't know if you listened to that show. I haven't. I might have to check it out, though. It's a good show. It's very enjoyable. And he was saying that he thinks the reason Disney is doing it this way, one episode per week, is because if they dropped everything at once... People would subscribe for the first couple of weeks, watch The Mandalorian, for example, and then drop their subscriptions. My question for you, Scott, just as a fan, do you like the idea of having everything available at once or do you prefer the once a week release format? So it's funny. I actually brought this up to my wife tonight because she loves the let's just drop the whole series and binge watch it. I am the other side. I like the one episode a week because it gives you time to think about the episode a little bit more. You right. can go to work, chat with your buddies on Twitter or wherever, and just kind of like have theories on what's going to happen next. Yeah. I, I would say, Scott, don't tell your wife, but I agree with you on this one. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I feel the exact same way. And I think part of that is nostalgic. That's the way it was when we were growing up. We didn't have the option of having everything available in one sitting. We had to wait for the release to come out. I happen to love the idea. Let's take The Mandalorian, for example. You know on Fridays you're going to get something new. And that anticipation builds up all week long. And I could tell you after episode three, which we're recording this in between episodes three and four of The Mandalorian, it's so good. My mind is going so many different places thinking about where that show is headed that 
I kind of like the idea of having to wait. As I mentioned just a second ago, it creates anticipation. When they drop everything at once, it's almost like there's this pressure just to get it done because everybody's talking about it. Yes, I agree. Where you have to spend, you know, six hours or whatever it is, and you might not have that amount of time to watch it the day it gets dropped. Right. And then you're worried about, oh man, am I going to catch the spoiler? Or like, now I have to tune everything out. Whereas if it's just the episode once a week, you can carve that time out, especially if it's released on a Friday, watch it Friday night, right. Saturday morning or whenever, and then don't have to worry about getting spoiled on or anything. And then you have a week to just kind of soak it in or watch the episode again. I've watched some Mandalorian episodes twice right. because I wanted to pick up on certain things, you know, look at look for things in the background, things like that. Because um, you know there's like Easter eggs everywhere and things. Yeah, it's a very detailed show, The Mandalorian. We'll, we'll definitely uh, discuss that in detail. That's for me worth the price of admission alone to Disney Plus. It's it's such Absolutely a great show. Is. I also like the idea in terms of release dates. If you ask me what day of the week I'd prefer for new content to come out, I would choose Friday. And I say that because that's when the now they're out on Thursday nights really, but traditionally that's when new movies would be released. So that's kind of start to the weekend. And when I was a kid, I have such great memories of TGIF on ABC. <laughs> Full House, <laughs> Family Matters, step by step and uh yeah. what was it, Boy Meets World? Was that the nine thirty show? But yeah. Yeah, so I just have great memories of that. And it's kind of, I like the idea after a work week coming home and, you know, you got The Mandalorian waiting for you and all this other stuff. So I like Friday releases. I think people tend to be happy with the once week releases. I haven't heard too many complaints about not being able to binge everything. I haven't either. Going back to that podcast that you were talking about earlier, I agree with that theory as well, where if you're having a TV show that's nine to 10 episodes, a dozen episodes, that's going to carry out over two or three months. Right. So it's going to buy in for more subscriptions. That business model makes complete sense to me. But um, I don't think I'm going to offend any listeners here if I say, but I think you're foolish regardless if you don't have not the full-time subscription because there's just loads of entertainment on there. I don't think they really need to buy in people's you know, need for the subscription when the content is so good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, do you, uh, in your conversations with the non-Disney fan community, so outside of Disney Twitter, have you met people that have subscribed? Have you talked to a lot of people on that? Almost everyone I talk to has it, whether they're doing the free, because Verizon is doing a, a free trial right now if you have unlimited data. So a lot of people are taking advantage of that. Right. And I haven't heard a single complaint from a non-Disney fan or a Disney fan about the content on there, which is, I mean, I knew this was going to be huge for Disney, but I think it's turning out even better than I originally anticipated. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I've, I've talked to a few people, including today, conversations with people who aren't like us as obsessed with Disney, and they, uh, they've subscribed and they seem happy with it. I think that with all these promotions, the numbers are going to be great. And the 10 million subscriber number that Disney announced after a day, something like that was unheard of. I've heard of people having issues with like downloading or viewing some things. Have you had, have you run into any issues? Like, have you been able to view all the content? Only on November 12th, when I was trying to d- install it on a few of my devices in the morning, 7.30, 8 a.m., I had a couple of those Wreck-It Ralph screens where it said, something's wrong, try again later. So for me, maybe two or three times I had that screen. I did not have major issues. And when it comes to watching content, I've had no issues at all. I, I know some That's people great. have had issues, but how about you? Oh, I haven't had any issues. I'm, I'm here in the Midwest in Michigan. Um, yeah. And where I was hearing it was more like in the Northeast, which is why I was curious if you were running into a problem. But I haven't had any issues. But if you think about that day one, 10 million subscribers, I mean, they're bound to run into some type of issue. And I've actually been 
I, for me personally, it hasn't been an issue at all. I've been able to get everything rolling immediately. When Disney Plus was released, I expected there to be actually bigger problems than they had. Because when we think about when Disney, think about when Disney releases a new Magic Band for a limited edition, the the whole the whole theme park shuts down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was expecting huge problems with this, and quite honestly, despite the, the problems they did have, to me it was nothing shocking. I, yeah, for sure. I, I actually yeah, think I mean, it was a pretty successful launch. Yeah, based on our experiences using Walt Disney World's website to book travel, uh, some of the stories I've heard from some travel. Like a day a new discount is released, like the system crashes constantly. So I thought maybe that may happen with Disney Plus, but not at all. So big yeah. win for Disney. Yeah, look, when Apple releases a new product and the store goes live with the new iPhone or Apple Watch, whatever, it shuts down for a period of time. That's par for the course in 2019. So nothing was shocking about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's been pretty smooth. And when you, when loading up the app and loading up video... It's been pretty quick. I've had no issues where it just is a spinning circle for yeah. a long time, which is great. I mean, I love that. I love the smoothness of the app and the way it works. So, uh, Scott, we, we've talked about it a little bit already tonight, but I wanted to get more in depth about The Mandalorian. Uh, this, for those that aren't yeah. familiar, is one of the centerpiece releases on Disney+. Plus. It's one of the original shows, the creators, John Favreau. And it's a Star Wars television series for the first time, a live action Star Wars television series, which follows a bounty hunter who is a Mandalorian. He's part of that race of, uh, of beings in the Star Wars universe. And I, I, spoiler alert, I'll just get into it. This is everywhere now. If you haven't seen this, he may not, I don't know what world you're living in, but Baby Yoda is the hottest thing right now in pop culture. We're going to call it Baby Yoda because we don't know what else to call it. It's not really Yoda as a baby. We don't know what's going on, but it's a baby looking Yoda. It's adorable. <laughs> we all love it. We all want stuffed animals in the shape oh, yes. of Baby Yoda. I, I want to turn it over to you, uh, Let's talk Mandalorian, your reaction to, to this show. So I purposely – it's kind of funny how I was saying how I like to watch one episode and think of, think it over. I purposely skipped it the first day it came out and waited for – Disney Plus was released on a Tuesday. And then that Friday was when the next episode came out. So I waited to watch those first two episodes back to back, which yes. which goes against what I was just speaking of. But um, <laughs> It was, was only two episodes. It's not really binge watching. It was only two episodes. But I was just blown away. Um the way the production is so spot on. Um, I know you're a huge music guy like me. I think the soundtrack is outstanding. Yes. And it just has that old school Western, like spaghetti Western vibe to it. Just, I feel that the storytelling is really good. It always ends with a, some type sort of cliffhanger that just keeps you wanting more. Um, the storytelling is really great. I'm just, I've been blown away by it. And I'm just, wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, I feel like I'm constantly thinking about it in the back of my mind. Uh, I have a few comments in response to what you said. First of all, completely agree with you on the soundtrack. I read, although I have not checked, that the soundtrack is available on streaming music services. So uh, check that out. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm right about that. Uh, in terms of the Western comment, I read earlier today that John Wayne's grandson is one of the stunt doubles for The Mandalorian. No way. Yep, that <laughs> was awesome. that was reported uh, on the internet, so we know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, Absolutely, but this yeah. was from a legit site, so I, I really think it is true. Uh, it actually has his name and interviews with him and everything. Uh, he's from the Fast and Furious series. He's done a lot of work in action films. It's an interesting show, the, the the Mandalorian, because I really have felt such emotion watching the show that I did not expect to feel. 
you feel a connection with the Baby Yoda character. You feel such sympathy that anybody that tries to do harm to Baby Yoda, you feel it. You, you get angry watching it. If the, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely do. And I I don't know if I'm supposed to root for the Mandalorian or not. Like, is he supposed to be a bad guy? Like, at first, I'm like, oh, we're probably not supposed to root for the bounty hunter. But he cares so much for Baby Yoda, too, that you're like, oh, he has to be a good guy because he's feeling the same thing I am. Like, he doesn't want any harm to happen to Baby Yoda either, which yes. makes – makes him a character that you just root for so much. Like, I, I love it. I, I really uh, love that analysis, Scott, because on paper, we shouldn't feel a sympathy for the Mandalorian. He's, he's a violent guy. He's a dangerous guy. And yet, from the very first episode, in each episode, he has shown moments of kindness where he doesn't act as somebody is in his profession is expected to act as a bounty hunter. And you do root for him, I think, because of that. Even though he isn't perfect, you really feel such... Uh, you, you cheer him on. You, you really do. Yep, and, you do. Um, again, we don't know where this is going. And I think what we're seeing now, Scott, is proof of why the Friday releases are good. We're talking about speculation. We're t- I like it. I mean, I, now that we're seeing it in yeah. action. And it's yeah. we, we could spend a long time talking about where we think this, this show is going. I love the fact that each episode is under about 35 minutes, give or take, which to me is a perfect length for an episode. Right now, I I must say I have enjoyed it more than the last Jedi movie, the most recent feature film in cinemas. Uh, Absolutely. I maybe even like it more than The Force Awakens, although I did enjoy The Force Awakens. I, I'm just really loving this right now. Uh, it's it's made me yeah. uh, re-engage with my Star Wars fandom. I I like it more than both of those movies, Force Awakens and the most recent Star Wars film. Right. Um, not any knocks to them. I just... Uh, this, Maybe I just get behind this story more. I don't know. Or I'm just attached to this Mandalorian character. And I have another thing I really like about the show, which is <laughs> might throw you off a little bit. But sure. I love the end credit scenes. They're amazing. <laughs> they're, they're so uh, great. Like a, yeah, it kind of has like an artistic look from like different scenes from the episode. Yes. With that music playing. Like I want that artwork like hanging in my office. Like I think it's so good. Um, that's what I mean. Like from start to finish, those episodes are so well done. They really are, and I also love the opening credits. You know, you get the Lucasfilm logo, and then you have the flashes between the helmets of Star Wars. They go through Kylo Ren and R2-D2 and yes. C-3PO and Darth Vader, uh, and I just think to myself, it's so good. I, uh, the Mandalorian was actually the first thing I watched on Disney+. Plus The night of November 12th, I sat down in front of the best TV I have in my house, and I put it on, and my initial reaction when I watched that sequence of the helmet scene, the intro... Combined with then the way the Mandalorian itself looked, I I really couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe that this was now uh, available to us. If that makes if yeah. that makes any sense, I just couldn't really get my head around it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Scott, I want to talk to you also about the Imagineering story. Uh, you've watched that, right? You're are you uh, up to that? Up to date on that? I'm not. I haven't watched this week's episode. This is right. something we like to watch as a family because you know my daughter. We're all obsessed with uh, Walt Disney Parks, so this is like our family show that we like to watch. Right. Um, we have not watched the third episode, but if you want to talk about that, that won't spoil. I, I actually like, haven't I mean, seen I have the third a episode. Idea. No, I oh. haven't seen the newest episode either. I've, I've watched the first two. Uh, and let me ask you to share with us your thoughts on the Imagineering story. And there's been some amazing footage in this series. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot of old Disney footage in my day. Uh, I know I haven't seen everything, but I feel like some of this stuff must be coming out of a vault because I've never seen any of these, uh, some of these scenes that they're showing. Right. 
I agree with you on that. Uh, first episode dealt with Disneyland, the story of Disneyland. Second episode gets into the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland and then the building of Walt Disney World. It actually, and Scott, uh, this is another Beatles thing I was thinking about. To me, it's kind of like the Beatles anthology, but for Disney Imagineering. Yes, it is. <laughs> because you have great remastered footage and you have interviews. Yeah. And some outtakes that you're and like, outtakes. oh, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> One of the things that struck me when watching the Imagineering story is that in episode one, you really see how integral Walt Disney himself was to all operations of the company. And we knew this because we've read about it and we've, we've learned this before. But there was something about the imagining story that when he passed away and they talk about that and the void that he left, you, mm-hmm. it makes you look at the history of the company and, and the people that worked in that Imagineering division with even more awe and respect. Because the holes that they had to fill from not just the film perspective and the TV perspective, but from the whole theme park perspective, they were enormous. And a lot of the credit goes to Roy Disney, his brother, who who moved it along. I didn't realize that Roy passed away so soon after Walt Disney World opened. Either did I. And I loved that piece um, for the start of episode two because it was Roy. You know, we had to fill Walt's dream for building the Florida project. And he put every ounce and soul of energy into that, which right. I thought was incredible. We all know from Disney history that Walt himself used to host programs on Sunday nights. And I love that idea. At the end of the weekend, families gathering and watching Disney programming. When we were kids, Scott, I have a memory on Sunday nights on ABC of there being Disney programming. Michael, I have vivid memories of Michael Eisner on my TV set hosting programming. And when I watch the Imagineering story and I watch that vintage footage, it kind of reminds me of the programming I used to love to watch on Sunday nights. They would show movies and cartoons, but I feel like there was also this dose of Disney history when watching those, and that's what you're getting here. And I, it looks so great. I guess this was remastered footage, but it just looks so crisp. Oh my gosh, it does. And that Kurt Russell scene that we we're talking about yeah. earlier too, like that, like it's in like nice bright colors. Like yeah. I've never seen, I never seen that footage before. But it looks like it, they just recorded it today with the HD technology. It's so good. On our most recent episode, but before this one tonight, Scott, I had on Paul and Dean from Butter and Bacon Podcast, the Good Stuff at Disney Podcast. And for his Stuff We Love choice, Paul chose the Imagineering story. And we were saying that for people like us, the Disney fans that love the history, that follow this closely, this is the perfect show for us. Absolutely is. I don't know. Do you know how many episodes there's? I think think there's going to be six. Okay. I want there to be 200 of them. I mean, there's just – I could just soak up that content. I wish – See, this is where I feel like the series goes too fast. I could have had like five episodes just on Disneyland, you know, but the content is so good. I guess what I'm hoping Disney Plus will do when it comes to future releases is to actually release more of the vintage theme park content. There's a lot of stuff out there. You could actually go on the website or the app Disney Plus to the help section. You could request new programs to be added. And I did. I did some of that. I I requested the wonderful, wonderful world of the color series. And some of the old-time Disneyland TV shows. Uh, that's those are great. Those are great things to search. Yeah, I I haven't used that theory yet, um, or that service yet. I have seen uh, people on Twitter posting about that, so I really haven't come across anything I haven't seen yet though that I want out there. But the world of colors um, items would be wonderful. Uh, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but do you remember a show on the Disney Channel from the 1980s called Kids Incorporated? I do not. <laughs> 
Okay, I don't remember too much about this. I didn't get the Disney Channel as a kid, but I I remember when the free previews came along, watching that. I guess it's not the 80s. I guess it's the 90s because it was Kids Incorporated and the Mickey Mouse Club with Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling, Britney okay, Spears. Yeah. And Kids Incorporated, I think, dealt with a club where there was a band that played and it was made up of kids. And the one performance I remember is them singing Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. That's just one of my memories of watching TV as a kid. I love that show. I want to see that show released. I requested that. There you go. I wonder what Hopefully the folks yeah. at Disney Plus were thinking when they got a request for the wonderful world of color and Kids Incorporated. You know what, Scott? I'm going to request Kids Incorporated as well, so hopefully us two can, uh, can get, the, get them to bring it on. Let's get the movement. Let's start the movement tonight. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, the Imagineering story is great. And uh, have you watched any of the other original Disney uh, Plus content? I have watched all of it except for the High School Musical series. Yes, which I heard is pretty um, good, actually. Yeah, I, I just haven't – there's so much content out there. I just haven't found the time for it yet. I'm a big fan of Jeff Goldblum series. I think that's quite hilarious. I wanted to ask you. I, I'm about to start that. You like that? I do. I do like it. It's yeah. just – it's quirky. It's funny. You know, it's just brainless viewing. You know, you don't really have to think too much. I do like Encore as well, Yeah, uh, the Kristen Bell's uh, series. I think that's really funny to watch, um, really entertaining. Um, that's what I'm really excited about the most for Disney Plus is just all the original content that's coming out. See, that's the interesting thing about Disney Plus. We all know that there's great archival stuff on there, movies from the library and so forth. And yet you can spend so much time watching new content that you don't even – it's like when can you get to the older content? Yep. <laughs> Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you, Scott, if uh, – I don't know if you've done this, but I I created the watch list, which is available to people on the Disney Plus app. And I just wanted to go through some of the movies I added to my watch list and TV shows and see what if any of these are things you plan on watching as well. So uh, one of the things I love, by the way, The Sound of Music, great movie. It's available on there. (laughs) I think when I was lying in bed at three in the morning checking out the app, when I saw that The Sound of Music was on here, I knew it was going to be on there, but actually seeing it, I was like, oh, this is so great. But a couple of things I put on my watch list, I won't go through everything because there's a bunch on here. Speaking of Kurt Russell, The Computer War Tennis Shoes, the original movie. I already uh, watched it. You've watched it? Yeah. There's actually one of them missing, though. So there's three Menfield College movies. Yeah. And that's something I'm going to want to ask. So there's the one where he's like the strongest man in the world, Computer War Tennis Shoes. Right. And then this bull man one that is not on Disney Plus for some reason. I don't oh. know why. That's it, one to request. Yes, I'm definitely requesting it. I put on my watch list a lot of the old original movies like um, Swiss Family Robinson. They have two versions of that. I put on the 1961, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I love Treasure Island, Oldie Yeller. Uh, Then more recent movies that are fun like Mighty Ducks, The Sandlot, The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer is a gem. That's a great movie to have on there. And then I put on, oh, Mickey. this was a surprise. I didn't know this was going to be on there. The Mickey Mouse Club episodes from the 1950s. There's a few of them on there. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. Oh. Um, yeah, I have some random stuff on there too. Um, I really, it's just actually back to when my daughter was younger. We loved watching Good Luck Charlie. Did you ever watch that on yes. the Disney Channel? Yes. I know <laughs> what you're you talking about. Yeah, and you couldn't stream it anywhere. Like, we always tried to find it on Netflix, Hulu. It was never on there, but now we have it on Disney Plus. So, that is one we definitely want to binge through again. Yes. That's a great, great choice, by the way. Did, what about Even Stevens? Does that ring a bell? Yes, it does ring a bell. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, there's so much great content on Disney Plus, and uh, each time you explore, you see something new. Yeah, right now my daughter's watching some shows that I, I don't even remember or heard of, like The Sweet Life on Deck. She's been watching that; like she loves watching that show. Uh, but there's other things. There's going to be a lot 
lot more original series. Um, I believe there's one of the Sherman Brothers that's going to be coming out like oh, next wow. year, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. There's yeah. the one, like the day in the life of a Walt Disney World cast member. I'm really fascinated with seeing right. that one. That's coming out December. Yep. Also, I forgot about this. Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Oh, yes. <laughs> I totally forgot if, about that. I mean, if it, I know the Mandalorian is going to be hard to live up to, but if it's anything, oh my gosh, yes. it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Scott, I wanted to ask you also, uh, you and I are very similar in this in terms of what we subscribe to, how we spend our time at home in terms of consuming pop culture and entertainment. What do you think the release of Disney Plus means for the future of home entertainment and also the future of Disney fandom? Absolutely. So I was thinking about this um, the other day, really, because when I subscribed to Disney Plus, I haven't done this in a long time anyway, because we've been in such a digital world. Um, I don't know when I'm going to buy a movie again. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and I used to love that. Like on Tuesdays, new releases would come out, and yeah. I loved getting my, I was especially like this with albums and CDs. Um, I just loved holding that, that content, you know, like, but now we live in such a digital world. Like, I don't know if I'm, I definitely like with a Disney movie, as long as Disney Plus is going on, unless it's, it's something that I really enjoy, but I don't think I'm going to buy it. It's all going to be streaming. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I, When it comes to DVDs, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I used to go to Best Buy on Tuesdays, get those new releases. Then I ended up getting a lot of them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But I cannot remember. other. So uh, when it comes to Beatles stuff, Beatles stuff, I still will buy physical product releases. Uh, so there was a DVD that came out recently, which was a documentary about John and Yoko. And I bought that because I have a physical collection. Uh, but other DVDs and CDs that I had, I've actually sold off. And I, I stream most of the time. So except for yeah. the Beatles and a little bit of Beach Boys and Sinatra and Elvis uh, and a couple of other musical artists, when it comes to movies, I can't remember the last movie that I bought. And uh, I've, I, what I do sometimes is I rent movies through Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. So recent releases, when they become available to rent, if I didn't see it in theaters, I'll rent it that way because I want to see the movie. And not everything does come to streaming, but you're, you're right about this. I, I think that this is, this is the moment. This is the line right now. We've, once Disney Plus is out there, it's really – I don't know where the whole industry is going. As we're recording this, two nights from now or three nights from now, which will be the night before Thanksgiving, Netflix is releasing The Irishman, which is a huge release. Uh, Scorsese yep. movie starring De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, the all-stars. And yeah. that's coming out on Netflix. A movie like that would never – it's been in theaters too because they're trying to get the Oscar push. It needs to be released in order to qualify for an Oscar. But a movie like that – you would always go see in theaters or buy the DVD. For sure. We're streaming it. Yeah, and is this going to hurt movie theaters? Because I've worked with a lot of people that don't, they just don't like to go to movies. They right. don't like the crowds and whatnot. And could you imagine if, like, with Frozen 2, if that would have just came plus as an option? Like, not to watch for free, but like an, a charge, say, hey, spend $20 and watch Frozen 2 or whatever. Like, that would be really interesting. Yes. It, it's. You know, for me, where I live, all the local movie theaters now, for the most part, it's these big budget releases, Frozen 2, the Marvel movies, and so forth. If there are smaller, more independent movies, they're in the theater for a week, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all changed. And I, I don't think any of us can know for sure where the industry is going. I think for Disney fans, this 
it, this all changes. I mean, this, we have never had so much content available to us anytime we want. And I think what it can do is introduce hardcore fans and even more casual fans to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to, to artistic product that will only enhance our Disney fandom experience. So in other words, like, when, all right, perfect example. When I was at the Magic Kingdom for Mickey's Not Just Scary Halloween Party, one of the things my brother and Joe and our friend Joe and I did, we actually went to Swiss Family Treehouse. It was empty. We went all the way to the top. It was dusk. We got some great pictures and views of, of the Magic Kingdom. Oh, I yeah. have, I've never seen Swiss Family Robinson. Now I'm going to watch it, and I think it's going to make me appreciate what I saw even more. No, it totally does. It totally makes sense. So going back to what we were talking about with you know how I'm never going to buy a movie again because we have all these great streaming content with Disney Plus especially. Like, there's no need for me to buy a Disney movie again. But one thing I were the extra features like audio commentaries deleted scenes things like that but i was looking through some of the movies on disney plus and they have that like endgame has a full director's commentary like i've never seen that on like a digital platform like netflix or hulu like that is another game changer right there yes they're giving it to you they're giving it all to you they're they're throwing they're throwing the kitchen sink at you yeah and i love it keep throwing it yeah no i agree with you on that uh it's really a great service i I, I have seen, I know somebody on Twitter's had some issues with the billing department at Disney Plus and something like that. But other than those technical issues and a couple of smaller things, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I'm thrilled for this. I mean, I, I give it a 10 out of 10. I really don't. I guess the only, maybe I give it a 9 out of 10 because I want there to be some more theme park content on there. But it, I think this is brand new. It just came out. Over time, it's like the Beatles. Again, another example. We had the studio albums and we're still getting never before released content it all comes out there's always going to be something new or you know to please us hardcore fans you know we thought we've seen everything but we haven't uh so scott before we turn it over to the stuff we love segment i just want to ask is there anything you'd like to add about disney plus anything we didn't cover that you wanted to speak about uh i think we covered it all it's just to you like i'm really excited about the original content um maybe even more theme park because you know we have a strong theme park background but that could be smart to do that for those folks that don't go to theme parks, if they start seeing Imagineering Story or you know these advertisements for the theme parks, they might be able to turn, you know, not hardcore Disney fans into going to the theme parks, and that would just yeah. be even more profits and a bigger win for Disney. I agree. I agree. Uh, and you know, the only other thing that just occurred to me that I wanted to add about Disney Plus is when there's been a big theme park release like Galaxy's Edge or a new cruise ship becoming part of the Disney Cruise Line. If you're on Twitter and you follow this stuff, you, you you see what's going on. But I think Disney Plus is the only thing that's happened in the Disney community where everybody was able to share in it simultaneously. It doesn't matter I, where you live. I agree. Yeah, which is cool. That's really great. Yeah, that Twitter community for Disney can get kind of harsh sometimes. But this is the one thing I agree that everyone seems to be in agreement of. Surprisingly, Disney Twitter can be nasty and really <laughs> – it's a little bit shocking to see sometimes, but this everybody was in a good mood, which I was happy to see. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott, we're now going to turn it over to the Stuff We Love segment. Uh, this is the part of the show where tonight you and I are going to give our audience recommendations beyond what we talked about for Disney+. Plus. Uh, Scott, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you tell us something you recommend this week? All right. Sounds great. So I'm going to keep it on with the streaming services that we've been talking about. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Amazon Prime is my favorite streaming service. And one thing... I've been binge watching lately. <laughs> you might laugh 
Columbo. Did you ever watch Columbo, Peter Falk? Peter Falk. No, I never With, saw it. Uh, oh, in, really? Uh, I never saw it. But go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So I just I just love Columbo. It's like the, you know, like a it used to be like in the old 70s, like the murder mystery show. I wasn't around then. I wasn't born yet. But um, I grew up with it. My dad loved watching Columbo and I just stumbled upon it again on Amazon Prime streaming. You can watch the whole series. And I mean, they're they're long episodes, too. They're, so they feel like a movie almost. But uh, Columbo, like Peter Fox character, he's such a unique, fun, lovable character. And then he's just out there being funny, like solving these crimes. And I don't know. It's just it's a it's a good show. I really love it. And I've just been trying to watch one of those a day because it's hard to watch two of those in a night because they're so sure. long. But but I, I've been really, really into Columbo again. It's a good show. I recommend watching it. I love that choice. It is not what I would have expected to hear, and I think it's awesome. I'll just share awesome. with you a childhood memory I have. When I was a kid, I went a couple of times to the Tony Awards in New York City. And one year I went, I was going to the after party at the Marriott Marquis Hotel in New York, and I saw going through a revolving door Peter Falk right in front of me. <laughs> That's awesome. So when I'm pretty you sure he has a glass eye, too. So I, I don't, don't know if you looked at him in the right that. eye. I, I don't remember that. But I do know people love that show. And hold it in very high regard. So that's a great recommendation. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so my Stuff We Love recommendation tonight is actually four new songs that have all come out recently. Two of them by Paul McCartney and two of them by Harry Styles, who was in One Direction and now has a very successful solo career. The Harry Styles songs are called Watermelon Sugar and Lights Up. The Paul McCartney songs are called Home Tonight and In a Hurry. The McCartney tracks were outtakes from his recording sessions for Egypt Station, which was his most recent studio album. Both great songs. They're available on all the streaming services. It's also going to be released as a single on Record Store Day, Black Friday. Uh, and I, they're catchy. They're old school McCartney. Uh, as soon as you hear it, you can't get it out of your head. It's hard to believe these were outtakes from the album. And then uh, in terms of the Harry Styles songs, it's interesting because he... I know a lot of people who are hardcore Beatles fans that love the Beatles and they are fans of Harry Styles. I think they hear aspects of his music, particularly on his first album, that reminds them of some of John Lennon's stuff. I've heard that mentioned a couple of times. And these tracks, actually, they don't remind me of John Lennon, but what they, they're a perfect example of catchy melodies with a unique sound and just fun, good songs that are from his upcoming album. Uh, these two tracks have already been released. I think he performed them two weeks ago on Saturday Night Live when he hosted. So those are my recommendations. So it's interesting. We got Columbo and Harry Styles in the same night. That's, that's, that's how you know you're covering all the bases here. That has to be the first time in ever that those two were like brought up in the it, same conversation. Also on the Stuff We Love podcast, I remember an episode a while back where in the Stuff We Love segment, Ariana Grande and Frank Sinatra were mentioned. <laughs> we didn't a yes. two-minute time span. That's why people yeah. listen to the but, show for moments like that. Exactly. And Scott, uh, I mean, you know I love Paul McCartney. I'm a Beatles fanatic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have not heard those two songs, so I'm looking forward to checking those out. And I'll yeah. have to check out Harry Styles' tracks as well. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, those uh, th they're all fun songs. And uh, McCartney, he still turns these tracks out. It's just... It's unbelievable. It's remarkable. It really is. Sometimes you just you run out of words to describe it. He's such a, such a legend. So, Scott, thank you for joining us tonight. This is your second appearance on the podcast. We love having you on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love being on. I love talking to you guys. Uh, it was just you and me tonight. It was the Scott and Scott show, but yes. looking forward to doing it again if you guys let me. Uh, anytime, anytime. We love having you on. You can find the Stuff We Love podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. We're on Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page. Our website is StuffWeLovePodcast.com. You can find links to products we recommend, find our blog, learn about the hosts. 
Um, you can write to us, stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. And we encourage you to continue to leave those good reviews on iTunes, which make it easier for people to find the show. Uh, Scott, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Epscott. It's kind of like Epcot with, with a play with my name on it. So it's E-P-S-C-O-T. I follow you on there. You're a great person to follow on Twitter. I love your tweets. And occasionally you really surprise me with the tweets like the Perry tweet <laughs> related to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, you never know. You may see some obscure things from me pop up every now and then. So just keep your eyes open. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Scott. And you've been listening to the Stuff We Love podcast.